0: Matt Gates will challenge the Electoral College votes, another statue gets torn down, and the stimulus bill finally gets finalized. We will be getting into that and more on The William Hall Show. Hey. Getting right into this, Sidney Powell was actually spotted leaving the White House on Sunday night. Um, And one of the reporters basically tweeted this out saying that they saw her leaving the resident side of the White House shortly after 9 p.m. She denied meeting with Trump tonight. When pressed again, she said it would be none of your business. So this is really Sidney Powell just being herself. I don't think that this is any cause for specific speculation. If you're up to date on what's happening with the whole Sidney Powell story, she basically is calling out the voting machines that were used, specifically the the Dominion software that was used in the voting process in the most recent election, and basically trying to show that uh, there was a lot of incorrect counting going on uh, apparently she had a few different affidavits and and many other testimonies from a bunch of other people that saw incorrect results going through or cards that were not uploaded to the machines correctly or at all so there's a lot going on with this what does it really mean if if she was meeting with Trump um now if you remember about a month ago it was reported that she initially denied basically being a part of the Trump team. She kind of separated herself and said, look, I'm doing my own thing. So what is the significance behind all of that? Of course, right now we're not sure because she likes to keep everything fairly close in on herself. So we haven't really seen any updates from her specifically about what's going on. We haven't seen any of the specific lawsuits yet. Uh, There was a few documents that were released, but at least as of right now, we haven't seen any specific court sessions or anything from all of that. So um, not exactly sure what's going to happen with her and what it means that she's actually meeting with Trump. And of course, she's going to keep all of that under wraps until she's ready to actually tell everybody what's going on. So, of course, we're going to have to stay updated on that. Uh, just keep in mind, as the days continue to draw closer to January 6th, which we'll be getting into a little bit later, Everything is becoming a lot more, uh, how would you put it, uh, close. It's, it's getting a lot tighter as time goes on. So it's really going to be a matter of making sure that we are getting as much information out there as possible. Because the less days that we have to deal with this, the harder it's going to be to actually overturn anything or prove anything in the courts. So time is definitely ticking down as we speak. So Matt Gates announces that he will challenge the Electoral College votes on January 6th. So the significance behind that is that January 6th is the day where the Senate, along with others, basically vote to certify the election results from the Electoral College. So because of the fact that there are several states that had a lot of uh, inaccurate counting or where there was, was possibly some evidence of fraud, any of those situations like that, the senators can actually choose to basically not certify those results. And basically it would lead through a path of different options that they would have where it goes through the house and um, the vice president and stuff like that. So basically him choosing to do this would go right in line with Mo Brooks, which is another Senator basically saying that they would also uh, choose or challenge the electoral college votes during that time. So, Objections during the joint session must be made in writing by at least one house member and senator. If the objection meets requirements, the joint session pauses and each house with uh, each house withdraws to their own chamber to debate the question for the maximum of two hours. The house and Senate will then vote separately to accept or reject the objection, which requires a majority vote from both chambers. So there's definitely something that can happen on January 6th, but do understand that that is the last resort. That is the absolute last bastion of real hope that kind of all of this comes down to. And a lot of the focus, once again, from a lot of people has been on so many other things during this time of trying to figure out which ballots were where. And there was this truck and that and there's so much information going around. And the problem is, is that we don't have much time. So there's a very good and very likely chance that things are actually going to wind up really coming down to January 6th. That's really going to be the most important portion of all of that, which we'll obviously be looking forward to to see what happens. How many senators are actually going to stand up and say something was not right in this election and actually contest all of that. We'll have to wait and see, of course, but time will only tell at that point. So, A Robert E. Lee statue was actually removed from the U.S. Capitol uh, just yesterday, and this is this kind of goes in line with a lot of the the college campuses and a few other places where you had a bunch of Democrats effectively saying, "Well, having these historical figures as a statue is racist," and the problem is, is that a lot of the people didn't even know or don't know the origins of the of the people. At all, They don't know their history. And yet they're the ones trying to tear down these statues. There was actually a really good video where a guy was basically defending a Confederate statue in his city because he was actually adopted by white parents and, and they took care of him and they educated him on the exact meaning of, of what that statue was to the city and everything else like that. It doesn't mean that they agreed with what that person agreed with. The point is, is that oftentimes it's a just a symbol of something, a symbol to understand your history, to know what's going on. And the problem is, is that of course, they're going after Robert E. Lee, which is a controversial figure in history, but they've gone after Washington. They've gone after Lincoln. And, And you would think Abraham Lincoln would be entirely off limits, but that's not what they've done. They've gone after pretty much every statue that exists because they don't understand the significance of what it means. The problem with all of this is that they think that this is somehow a step towards progress. And that's really kind of the scary part about all of this. So there's a quote in here basically saying, we should all be proud of this important step forward for our commonwealth and our country. The Confederacy is a symbol of Virginia's racist and divisive history. And it is past time we tell our story with images of perseverance, diversity, and inclusion the problem is is that in the last half of that statement where he's talking about we need to tell our story with images of perseverance diversity and inclusion that's not what history was and the thing is is that for us to be a society where we are tolerant of all beliefs or whatever you want to call it we have to actually understand where we came from see the issue is is that people oftentimes forget this famous kind of line I guess or figure of speech that if we don't learn from history we're bound to repeat it you know if you think about it in the in the terms of being a Christian there's a lot that goes on in the Bible where we see the disciples people that were right next to Jesus and they doubted they sinned they 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 had they they kind of were struggling people and in that The idea is that, you know, if we understand and really read their stories, really see what they went through, we can then, as Christians say, you know, I I learned from what they went through. I I saw the mistakes they made and I'm going to try not to do the same thing that they did because they had no excuse. They were right there. And, And yet here we are in today's day and age where we should be learning from the things and the mistakes that they made. And, and this is the exact same thing that goes into this. We have to learn from our history. There was a guy that commented on one of my posts and he says, well, we shouldn't commemorate these people. And I said, well, you know, the fact is that it's history. It's just history. And and if we are at the point where we're trying to erase history, how are we ever going to learn as a society? That's the biggest problem today is, is the dissemination of information. Just in general, it's very difficult to find the truth amongst everything that's going on out there online or in an article or on social media. And we have to, as just smart people, be able to discern what's correct and what's incorrect from all of that. And for us to be able to do that, we need to know our history. We need to know where we came from. If we're against something, we need to know what the history of that something is. Has it been tried before? Has has who was who in the past was speaking about this? We have to be able to do that, or else we enter into the space where people are advocating for ideas that have been tried and failed many times over and over again. And we're and the people that know history look at them like they're crazy because we can clearly see, hey. You know, th- this was tried before, and, and somebody's there's been documents written about this. How do you not know any of this? And it's because it's been out of, taken out of the schools. It's because people just don't care about history. It's because a lot of people in society are just trying to erase the things that the country went through. And, of course, that doesn't help anything whatsoever. So probably the biggest piece of news that came out over the weekend was that the Senate was finally able to come to an agreement on the stimulus bill. So this has been ongoing for a very long time, way too long. And there was a lot of issues where Nancy Pelosi was holding it up. And a lot of people were fighting about which things they wanted in the bill, which things they didn't want in the bill or shouldn't have been in the bill in the first place. But, there's been a lot of just back and forth about this over the past few months. And if you haven't been following it, there's a lot going on to deep dive into this. And I'll do my best job to actually get into that. But uh, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell announced on Sunday that Senate and House leaders have finalized a new coronavirus stimulus bill to continue helping America's, or Americans hardest hit by the pandemic. McConnell also slammed Democrats for stalling on a deal saying that Republicans had wanted to do this months ago, but that Democrats, by their own admission, had stalled because they didn't want to make a deal before the election. And there are two sides of what's going on here. And and the basic gist of it is that conservatives effectively wanted to put in the stuff that was actually going to help businesses and help the people, and uh, Democrats were wanting to funnel a lot of money to directly to states, specifically states that are big states like New York and California, et cetera, that are obviously run by Democrats. They wanted to put a bunch of money in in, in their kind of budget to basically bail them out because many of them, uh, you know, the governments lose money when, you know, companies aren't employing people or if people aren't paying taxes or what what have you. So they basically were trying to put in all of this extra stuff. There was a bunch of environmental things that they were trying to stick in there. And basically they just weren't letting up and effectively that's what caused it to be delayed in the first place. So they effectively, the Democrats wanted stuff that had nothing to do with COVID-19, but um, they did want to actually bail out all of these bigger cities. Um, Another quote here says, of course many millions of Americans have lost their jobs and are continuing to lose them through no fault of their own this package will renew and extend a number of, uh, of the additional important federal unemployment benefits that have helped families stay afloat. So effectively what this bill includes that is actually going to affect specifically people like me, people like yourself or what, what whatever it is, is that they're basically going to give half of what they gave before. So months and months and months ago, they basically gave $1,200 to each and every single person that was making under five or uh, under $75,000 individually. And then they basically would give, like if you were married, they would give you twice that amount because it's technically two people under one household. And so in this one, they're actually going to give you half of that. So $600 for people that are making $75,000 or less annually. And then if you're between $75,000 and $99,000, annually, then you'll get a smaller portion of that as it kind of gets closer to 99000 And then if you're over 99000 a year, you weren't going to get anything. The issue really with this, when you look and dive into it, is that these are all based off of the 2019 tax statistics. So if you were making right at $99,000 a year, pretty decent money, the problem is, is that if you lost your job due to all of this, you're not getting anything. And even if you were $600 is not much of anything for anybody. The the fact is, is that a lot of people have lost their homes. A lot of people have not been able to eat. A lot of people have lost their businesses, their livelihoods, everything. Honestly, $1,200 wasn't really that much, but considering all, all of that, all of the stuff that they're putting in here, $600 is really kind of a slap in the face. And I think that generally is agreed upon by conservatives and uh, Democrats, because the problem here is that a lot of the Democrats are like, well, I want $10,000 a month over the next year or something crazy. I mean, there's a lot of people, believe it or not, that are advocating for way more than what you would think. And of course there's going to be people that are going to get this that don't need it. Uh, But, but everybody to some degree, generally speaking, has been affected by this in some way. And the problem is, is that when, certain States are being forced to close everything that leaves a lot of people empty handed and $600 doesn't do anything for those people. And what you're not seeing is a deliberation or a debate about specifics, people in different States getting a certain amount or whatever it may be. They're just only basing this kind of a, a broad brush over everyone and then saying, well, this should be enough to carry you over. And I'm wondering what is $600 going to do for anybody that really lost their job? I mean, the unemployment benefits will obviously help, but the other stuff like that isn't really going to do anything. Now there is this kind of debate where conservatives are basically approaching this with the conservative ideal that we don't want people to be reliant on the government, which of course is true. And I agree with that, but you have Democrats on the other side that are saying, well, people should basically be entirely dependent on the government. They, everybody should be under this welfare type system where everyone gets enough money where they basically don't have to work at all. And and my uh, I guess where I'm coming in at on this is that there is a middle ground. There truly is a middle ground of saying, yes, we don't want people to indefinitely be relying on the government, but for those that really need the help, they really need the help. And the problem is, is that this has taken so long to get in place. And, and I think this is a perfect example of why government is not able to solve your problems. You need to pray, you need to reach out to your community, reach out to your friends, reach out to the church, whatever it, whatever it may be. But the government can't solve these problems because the government's gonna take forever. The government's gonna, they're not gonna give you what you may need. And And relying on them to fix that never is a good idea. I think I discussed it a few episodes ago but trying to fix the world's problems or America's problems through policy has never worked it's always going to maybe give benefit people that shouldn't need the benefit or it's always going to disadvantage somebody that really needs the benefit but because of the fact that there's always a broad brush painted over millions and millions of people it never will actually be truly as effective as it could be That's just the way that it is, even if it was the $1,200 that we received last time. So a lot of this is just kind of goes to show that you have a lot of people, a lot of these senators and a lot of people in Congress that are, they never took a cut to their pay. They never had to worry about losing their job. There was an idea that I kind of had, and I posted it on Parlor today, where I basically said, you know, these governors that are basically saying, total lockdown for your state, you can't run your business, you can't do anything. Those people should have their own salary at risk. And the reason why is because elected officials, governors, senators, whatever it is, they are, their job is to work for you. In in essence, the people are their employers, and of course they're going to do stuff they d- you you know you may disagree with. But if they're telling you that you can't work, that's a bit of a problem, especially when they have no skin in the game themselves. They're allowed to run freely and rampant and do and say whatever they want, and tell you how to live, tell you the restrictions that you must adhere to. Meanwhile. You have many of them still getting their hair done in a salon with no mask on. You have many of them ha- out to have dinner at five-star Michelin restaurants. It, it, it's just the hypocrisy is absolutely off the wall in, in terms of what they do in their own personal lives versus what their own policy would suggest. So this is one of those things that is just hits home as a lesson for many people that we all must understand that government can't fix our problems and they have to be held accountable as well for the things that they do. But when all else fails, you must rely on God to fix these things on on your community, on the church, whatever it is, because the government can't possibly step in and do everything that you expect it to do. This is why you can't rely on that to be the end-all, be-all solution. This is why, regardless of whether Trump wins or whether Biden wins in January, it's entirely irrelevant to what you or I should be focused on in the long terms of our lives. Of course, what they do affects us on, on in certain aspects, but ultimately it is us that has to actually go out there and vote for whatever it is that we want to see these people do the policies that we want to see them implement. And that makes the, the focus actually entirely on us. And we have to be able to stand up to the people that are in charge. So with that being said, I will have a few more episodes that I'm looking at doing this week. And I'm also doing a few collaboration videos with point made. You can also see those on the rumble channel. So with that being said, I thank you for watching and I will see you on the next one. You just watched an episode from The William Hall Show. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe.